to Women's Health, Wisdom, and Wine, a weekly conversation with practitioners, providers, patients, and healers about complex reproductive medicine and women's health challenges, the value of an integrative approach to these challenges, many of the women's health topics you're already thinking about but uncomfortable talking about, and my personal favorite, wine. I'm your host, Dr. Lorena White, an integrative reproductive medicine and women's health provider, licensed acupuncturist, clinical herbalist, and a former labor support doula in the Washington, D.C. metro area. My goal is to bring women's health-specific evidence and expertise to the forefront of daily women's health and wellness news through informative conversations. If you have ideas, questions, and specific topics that you would like us to cover in future podcast episodes, please leave them in the comment section or send us an email at info at To learn more about our team's approach to care, visit our website at www.larenawhite.com. As you enjoy the podcast, conversations, and wine time, remember to follow the podcast, leave a five-star rating, and tap on the bell to make sure you never miss an episode. Let us know what is your favorite topic, who has been your favorite guest, and who would you like to hear from on the next pod. Most importantly, share the podcast and your favorite episode with a friend or colleague. Lastly, remember that this podcast is not designed to be a substitute for a bona fide relationship with a licensed or certified healthcare professional. From getting your body ready to actually trying to conceive, this episode focuses on how to improve your chances of conception. Depending on where you are in your fertility journey, you may or may not have been testing your fertility hormones regularly. Remember that each time you test your fertility hormones, your recommendations about how to proceed become more tailored to your goals. Testing annually provides fresh data and shows you how, to, how your hormones change over time so you can make informed decisions. While you're trying to conceive, it's important to keep an eye on your thyroid hormone levels. Your thyroid gland regulates many systems in the body, including the menstrual cycle. When thyroid hormone levels are too low or too high, that can affect cycles and makes conception more challenging. The clinical recommendation is to have a thyroid stimulating hormone or TSH level below 2.5 in the first trimester of pregnancy. Some doctors will treat or monitor TSH before you start trying to conceive. If you notice any drastic changes to your energy level, weight, or menstrual cycle, it's worth it to test your thyroid hormones to verify if your levels are within a normal range and rule out associated conditions. Syncing your periods and ovulation help you to predict future cycles and plan accordingly. Using a cycle tracking app make it easy to stay on top of your unique hormone ebbs and flows and re-familiarize yourself with your cycles after birth control. After stopping hormonal birth control, a return to previous cycle length and duration will likely resume within three months. However, after the shot, it can take up to 18 months to return your pre-birth control status. If that doesn't happen, talk to your provider about non-pharmaceutical ways to restore hormone balance and detoxify your system of hormonal birth control's effects. As you age, your periods might change from what they were 10 or even 5 years before. If you recently discontinued birth control, you might experience changes in your cycle from before you started using birth control consistently. Now is also the time to start taking prenatal vitamins if you haven't done so already. Why are prenatal vitamins so important before conceiving? 
Taking them daily at least one month before, as well as during pregnancy, helps you give your body enough time to build up the nutrients it needs. The most valuable vitamin before pregnancy is folate, or also known as methylfolate, which is easily absorbed. We recommend a prenatal vitamin with 400 micrograms to adequately support fetal neurodevelopment. Please do not consider folic acid a reasonable substitute for folate or methylfolate. While similar, the effects can be quite different. Also remember that calcium interferes with the absorption of nutrients. That's why some prenatal vitamins do not include calcium and some even suggest avoiding calcium-rich foods while taking them. Every prenatal has its own recommendations, so always read the instructions and discuss with a trusted and trained provider if you have further questions. So, egg white cervical mucus. The consistency of your cervical mucus is in response to hormonal changes throughout your cycle. Increased estrogen levels before ovulation are what gives egg white mucus that look and texture. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to your refrigerator and crack an egg into a bowl. The color and consistency of the albumin, or the egg white, not the yolk, is what we're aiming for when you examine your cervical mucus. Yes, I'm talking about that sticky stuff in your panties. It can definitely help you understand if you're approaching ovulation. If you notice stretchy mucus that's similar in consistency to an egg white on toilet paper or in your panties, that indicates ovulation is right around the corner. Keep in mind, not all vaginal fluids are cervical mucus. To know for sure, insert your fingers into your vagina and put them into a glass of water. If the fluid stays on your finger or sticks instead of dissolving, you've got mucus. Standard ovulation tests give you results based on the average L8 surge of 25, but in one in 10 people with ovaries never reach that level. Ovulation tests detect luteinizing hormone or LH in your urine. Following your LH levels to ovulation will help you predict your most fertile days. 24 to 48 hours before ovulation, the brain triggers a surge of LH so the ovary knows to release an egg. The egg then travels into the fallopian tube to meet with the sperm. Measuring LH one to two times a day starting on day 19 before your period based on a 28 day cycle gives you a heads up on your fertile window. The five days leading up to the day of ovulation. And if you have a cycle longer than 28 days, if it's say 32 days, start 14 days, counting 14 days from 30, 30 days, which would be 16, so start on day 21. Start when your ovulation should begin and five days before that. If you're experiencing fertility challenges, now is also the time to consider the other side of the equation, your partner. 40% of infertility cases involve a male factor, meaning they have to do with sperm. This type of infertility is often due to issues in sperm production, or how sperm is made, sperm delivery, how sperm moves through, the, through and exits the reproductive organs, or sexual function, which affects ejaculation. Steps that may increase fertility in terms of eating balanced meals, not smoking, exercising regularly, limiting cycling to less than five hours a week, and minimizing hot tub use can also have an effect on your sperm. Your partner, your partner can also have a semen analysis to identify any potential issues. As you become intentional about trying to conceive, becoming familiar with the statistics about time to pregnancy can be both a blessing and a curse. While data can help you set expectations for how long it may take to get pregnant, it can also become a stressor if it doesn't happen within your expected window. It takes about six months on average to conceive through intercourse. 
To get more specific, 58% of people aged 20 to 44 will conceive within six cycles of trying, and 75% will conceive within 12 cycles. If you're thinking about having more than one biological child, it's important to consider how different ages at conception might affect your chances. For birthing people over 44, the average chances of getting pregnant based purely on age are 28% within six cycles and 56% within 12 cycles. Now let's talk about alcohol consumption. You already know I'm a wine connoisseur and aficionado. However, while you're trying to conceive, be intentional about your alcohol consumption. Why? Well, the research here is mixed, so let's talk about the major points of view. Many studies show that having one to two drinks a day won't adversely affect your chances of conceiving, while some studies show that this level of moderate drinking can be harmful. It's ultimately up to you to decide what feels the most comfortable, avoiding alcohol entirely or drinking more moderately. Having a drink at the time of conception is unlikely to negatively affect the health of the fetus since it takes several days for a potential embryo to form and implant and by then the alcohol will be well out of your system. However, you won't be drinking during pregnancy so the best time to stop drinking is when you start thinking about trying to conceive. Caffeine is also a heck of a drug. Research shows that high levels of caffeine consumption, more than five cups a day, can decrease fertility. A more moderate one to two cups a day, on the other hand, doesn't adversely affect fertility. If you're a heavy caffeine drinker, not only coffee or soda, consider capping your caffeine intake while trying to conceive and later during pregnancy as well. Marijuana is legal in many places now, and the studies have been inconclusive so far in terms of its effects on conception. The general recommendation in conventional medicine is to avoid marijuana when trying to conceive. Since there's not enough evidence to show smoking marijuana doesn't increase how long it takes to get pregnant, we might want to take into account your own personal choices. The same is true for marijuana's non-psychoactive cousin CBD. However, research suggests its biological properties might actually be beneficial for fertility. Still, because there are so many different types of marijuana, readily available on the market, the general recommendation is to abstain. So keeping it moving. Exercise is always good for you, especially when you're trying to get pregnant. The general recommendation is to get in 30 minutes of moderate intensity exercise. So when you think about moderate intensity, think workouts you can talk through like brisk walking five times a week. There's no downside to more as long as it's done in moderation. How much vigorous intensity exercise, think jogging or swimming is okay, depends on your circumstances. One caveat, drastically shifting intensity right as you start trying to conceive could throw up your energy balance and negatively affect your menstrual cycle. While you're trying to conceive, have a pregnancy test or two at the ready. Testing gets more accurate the closer you are to your missed period, so it's good to stock up. Why does testing get more accurate over time? It's all about the urine. Pregnancy tests measure human chorionic gonadotropin, or HCG, in urine, which roughly doubles every two days in early pregnancy. Some tests let you start testing as early as five days before your missed period, but the results will be the most accurate if you start testing from the first day of your missed period. Beta HCG's first job is to maintain the corpus luteum, the ovarian follicle that ruptured after ovulation, so it can sustain an early pregnancy. The placenta takes over at seven to nine weeks, as the corpus luteum regresses, HCG goes down. As with any fertility journey, it's important to know when to see your provider. How long do you actually have to try to get pregnant before talking to a specialist? Well, that depends. The general guideline recommends getting help from an OB-GYN 
or reproductive endocrinologist after six to 12 months of trying without success. But your age and situation play roles in exactly when. What happens once you're there? Your doctor might run tests to see if the issue is hormonal or structural in the uterine cavity or fallopian tubes before suggesting lifestyle changes and or medications to improve fertility. Because you're trying to conceive with a partner who has sperm, it's worth considering a semen analysis if you haven't already and you're having trouble getting pregnant. Testing your partner's sperm can give you a heads up on any issues that might be affecting conception. And now for wine time. As we approach the end of April, springtime sipping is taking on a whole new meaning. The weather is getting consistently warmer, even if just a little bit. Sparkling wine, often reserved solely for celebrations, has many of the same attributes that make Sauvignon Blanc or Rosé ideal for the spring. Fresh acidity and clean flavors, while the soft effervescence of the bubbles makes it refreshing and palate cleansing. Crisp, light sparkling wines pair well with lighter ingredients we tend to crave in the spring, like fresh fruit and greens. Good sparkling wines tend to be more expensive, though, than other varieties. But it is possible to find a delicious bottle of bubbles that is affordable. For everyday use, begin by looking beyond Champagne, which is a specific type of sparkling wine that requires it to be made in the Champagne region of France, making it the most expensive of all the sparkling wines. Spanish Cava and Italian Francia Corta both make for a delicious, affordable alternative. Till the next time, salud! And remember to nourish your flourish. Thanks for joining Women's Health Wisdom and Wine. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Think about one gem you can take away from this episode and apply it to your own life. Also, remember to follow us, review us, and give us five stars. Till we meet again, remember, nourish your flourish.